0: I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello everyone. Okay, a really quick announcement, and then we're gonna get right to the question today about a child who is misbehaving at school and the mom doesn't know what to do while the child is at school, understandably because she's at home. So we're gonna get into that. I'm gonna talk a lot about children's misbehavior and where that comes from and the ways we can handle it in different ways in different scenarios. But first, in a previous episode just last month, I had Arielle St. White on talking about how parents can approach the subject of sexuality, sexual development with kids, with positive age-appropriate messages, starting from toddlerhood. She has some great books on all the important subjects of anatomy, both male and female, body autonomy, periods, puberty, and a lot more. She made a promo code for you all. So if you're interested, you wanna go to mylittleyoni.com And if you want to get some of the books, you can use the code VILLAGE21 for 15% off. These are really great resources for parents and they make these conversations a whole lot easier and more natural. So definitely check those out. Oh, and I did also want to mention our episode next week is with an amazing guest. Her name is Carol Kramer-Arsenault. She's an RN author of an award-winning book, Newborn 101, and founder of Boston Baby Nurse and Nanny, a leading agency of overnight and daytime newborn caregivers, and a pre- and postpartum support service. So she is coming on to share some great information about how to vet caregivers and how to have some difficult conversations with caregivers if if or when those come up. So I'm so happy to have her come on to share with us because I remember that being a very stressful part of parenting when my kids were little? Who do you trust with the most important part of your life? How can you be sure that you're asking good questions and that the answers are good ones that you can trust and that we're making good choices about who to invite into our homes and care for our children? So really excited to have her on next week. So definitely check that one out as well. Our question for today is from Lena, and she wrote in and said, I would love to hear a podcast on how to help children that are having challenging behaviors at school. My son is in first grade. He is in a small class at a private school. His dad and I have several concerns about his behavior at school. How can we help him process his behaviors and change them? So this is a great question, and we as parents often hear of issues at school, and it's one thing when we're home. But what do we do when we aren't around, when they're at grandparents' house, a friend's house, or at school? How do we handle this? So first thing is to understand that there's always a reason for children's behavior. So figuring out why is the first step. But when we aren't there, this can be more difficult. So we're trying to walk through this process along with some reasons why children may act out so we can begin to create a plan. Because the reason behind the behavior is important. So we know where to go with our plan because this dictates what steps we'll take to help our child. So here are some things that are really helpful to know. So these are some questions I'm gonna ask uh, Lena and any other parent who's having this issue, either now or in the future. Here's some things you're gonna wanna parse out. What is the teacher and or administrators saying? Are they just informing, but they aren't concerned? Are they just saying, here's what's happening, we're working on it, We just wanted to let you know, we'll let you know if it continues, but we're not really worried at this point. Or are they concerned? Are they looking to the parents to work as a team? If so, what suggestions did they offer, if any? And did they present a plan of any kind? Did they say, here's what we're suggesting or here's what we think? Oftentimes they don't, but it's just good to know this. Okay, another thing. Secondly, what is the behavior like at home? Whatever the behaviors are presenting at school, are they happening at home? Or are these only behaviors that pertain to school, such as struggling to sit still during class time, staying focused until finished, or disrupting their peers who are trying to do their work, impulse control issues with their peers? And then lastly, then this basically piggybacks right on to that second question, or second set of questions. What is the behavior exactly? Are they behaviors related to distraction, related to impulse control, related to aggression, Um, discipline type of things, like not listening, such as not cleaning up when they're asked to do so. So sometimes the discipline thing will also be related to an impulse control issue. But then there's also just straight discipline where, you know, they're asked to be doing something and they're just flat out refusing. So that I would fall into just discipline, just not listening. The environment. This is really important. What's happening in the environment at that moment? Is it always at a particular time or when a particular activity or a particular transition is happening? Is it always right before lunch? Is it always at quiet time, whether they're reading or doing individual work time? Or when they're switching from one activity to another? Or is it always on the playground when they're not as supervised as they are in the classroom? When this undesirable behavior is cropping up? So these are all clues to the reason that this may be happening, whatever the behavior is. So these are things that can really help determine the best plan of action. So now I wanna talk about misbehavior and a couple of main reasons. Then I'm going to get into pulling this all together. So the first reason, main reason, children misbehave is they don't have the skills. They're missing some skills, some social skills, some communication skills, which are part of social skills they're missing something, they're missing emotion skills. Now this is often due to age and their developmental level, not necessarily a deficit, although that can be the case, but just like any other missing skill, whether it's age appropriate or they're falling behind, just like in math or in reading, whether they're on grade level and they're struggling a little bit or they're falling behind and they're struggling, we're still gonna work with our child to on those skills. So whether we're working to catch them up to their age level, or just working with them at their particular level. So they could be perfectly fine in first grade math, but they just don't like reading and they're kind of acting out and they're struggling with reading in class because they, th- this next level is challenging them. Same thing with their social skills or their behavior. We're just gonna work with them at whatever level they're on. Okay, so we're gonna talk about this process in just a moment after we go through a couple more things here. The other reason is that the environment doesn't offer the safety or security the child needs in order to share their frustrations or struggles in a manner that feels safe to them. And if so, even if they do have the skills, even if they are up at their age level, if they feel shut down, they feel like there's no place for their feelings to be valid and expressed and heard and worked through and helped in a safe way to someone that can support them and scaffold them, they often will act out depending on their temperament. Some children will get very quiet and very sullen and just kind of go inward. Other children will act out. So this is important to know also. Skills missing, something going on in the environment, sometimes it's both. Okay, so before I dig into pulling all this together, there's one other area we wanna talk about here, and that is there's four main reasons also why kids misbehave. Power for attention for revenge or if they're feeling inadequate. Now some of these can overlap with what we just talked about before. So, you know, they could be acting out of revenge because the environment isn't suited to the to them for them to share their feelings appropriately. And they're feeling put upon, they're feeling like they're not allowed to share their feelings and those will bubble up and they'll get bigger and they'll get revengeful. And so they will act out that way. So these can interplay off of each other. These are not all separate. So that's why I wanted to bring those up. I am going to quickly cover these four, how you might know which one is which, what that looks like. And then I'm going to pull it all together with the questions that I asked before, what these different scenarios might look like to help parents ascertain where the issue is stemming from and then some steps and plans for several different scenarios how we're going to approach each of these unique situations okay so for a child who's looking for attention if the parent or teacher is feeling annoyed irritated or worried the way we feel about other people's behavior is often a catalyst that gives us those clues to what's happening with that other person so if you're feeling or the teacher is feeling annoyed or irritated worried or guilty the child may be looking for some attention, whether it's um, undue attention, whether they really are getting plenty of attention and they're looking for it in a, in a negative way, or they're actually due some attention that they're not getting either way. Power, when they're trying to be, to grab power, if the adult is feeling provoked or challenged, threatened or defeated, likely the child is trying to pull for power. Revenge, trying to get even. The adult is feeling hurt or disappointed or disgusted. They're likely the child is looking for revenge and then if the child is feeling inadequate in any situation the adult will um, feel for that they will feel despair or hopeless or helpless or inadequate to help the child with what they're struggling with so this these are the ways that we can tell we're going to get into how to deal with each of these as well as each of the scenarios where i talked about earlier with those questions right after a word from our sponsors Visit homethreads.com slash parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com slash parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. home. Threads love where you live. Now that we're back, let's pull this all together. So let's talk about the four reasons that children misbehave, the power, attention, revenge, and feeling inadequate. We're going to touch on those really quickly. I've covered these in a lot of different podcasts, so I'm going to go over these super, super quickly. But if you need more, you can look on my website, yourvillageonline.com. The class on misbehaviors and solutions, the class on power struggles, the class on getting kids to listen, all goes into this type of behavior. If the child is reacting with a lot of aggression, the class on helping kids with anger also goes through that. But when they're, having, um, when they're looking for attention, we want to redirect the child to something more useful. And this means more one-on-one time. Now, we're going to set up routines. We're going to take time to work with the child to help them understand what the expectations are. Now, when it comes to the one-on-one time, that isn't something a teacher is going to be able to do at school, but the parents may be able to do at home the child looking for power. We're going to acknowledge that we can't force our children to do certain things, Um, but we're not going to fight it, but we're not going to give in. We're going to pull down away from the conflict. We're going to be firm, but kind. We're going to develop mutual respect. We're going to give limited choices, set the boundaries and follow through on whatever the consequences are. We're going to encourage and redirect them in positive directions. I know there's a really high level because this is a really deep subject, but I wanna just give some sort of broad overview. And again, if you wanna know more, you can look back through the podcasts. I've done so many, I don't remember which ones are which anymore, but if you look up misbehavior or you look up power struggles, you'll likely find uh, some things in the podcasts. You also, like I said, can go to the website and get exact step-by-step on how to deal with each of these in the class on misbehaviors and solutions. Revenge. We wanna deal with the hurt feelings first. That's really important. When a child is feeling really angry and trying to get revenge, there's a lot of deep hurt there. So we wanna deal with those hurt feelings right off the bat. Your behavior tells me that you're feeling hurt. Can you share that with me? Can you talk about that? You wanna really listen and reflect back. If it's something that we've done as an adult, we're gonna reflect back on that. We're gonna apologize. We're gonna give a nice heartfelt apology and we're gonna to work to change that around. The child's feeling inadequate. This is where we're gonna really work on their self-esteem, help them finding areas where they are adequate, helping them feel and understand where they've grown, where they develop. So this is really important. And also the class on self-esteem. I have one for ages zero to five and five plus. That class on self-esteem, Gives a lot of great ideas, gives a lot of background information, a lot, a lot, a lot of great um, tips on helping children develop an internal sense of self-esteem so it's not something that we have to keep feeding to them throughout their life. We want them to develop an internal sense of strength and courage and self-esteem. So that's what that class is about, is building that up from the inside out. So these are what we're going to work on with our children if these are the struggles that they're having. Okay, now we want to talk about the questions from earlier to help parents ascertain also where the issue might be stemming from, and especially when we're going to parse out at home versus at school, what we can do for our children at home versus what uh, we can do work with the school on. So that first set of questions I asked, what is the teacher or administrator saying? Are they just informing but not concerned, or are they concerned? Do they want to work with the parents as a team? So this is the first thing. So If the teachers or the administrators are just saying, listen, we've noticed some behavior, we just wanted to bring it to your attention, we wanted to see if you're seeing it at home, we're not really concerned at this point, we want to just make you aware, it's something to make note of, but not be too concerned about. If it is something you're seeing at home, it's something you can work on at home. Um, But again, not knowing the exact behaviors, uh, I can't really give exact tips on what you're gonna do at home except for the the quick tips I just gave you for the power and revenge, undue attention, and the assumed inadequacy issues. So if they are concerned, though, and they want to work with you as a team, then great. We're going to have a meeting with the school. That's what I suggest, sitting down and having a meeting with the school. But I want to talk about the second point first, and then I'm going to kind of go back around. We're going to go back around. What is the behavior like at home? Are you seeing the same behavior at home? Are you seeing the same things at home? Is, what, so let's just say they came to you with a frustration issue. Um, your child is getting very easily frustrated. And we, at this point, feel like uh, like your child should be able to manage his emotions a little bit better in the classroom. And you're seeing the same thing at home. Great. You can work on this at home. If you're seeing your child get very frustrated with you know about his toys or things falling over, lots of emotion coaching, lots of working on emotions, teaching those emotions. So we're going to talk about those feelings, whatever that family of feelings that your child is having. We're going to talk about those a lot. We're going to label those emotions a lot. Frustrated, critical, angry, bitter, humiliated, let down, annoyed, infuriated, provoked, when it furious, you want to talk about those feelings. You want to use those big feeling words and describe those. You want to read some books about emotions. You want to talk about emotions in quiet times. Read those books during quiet times. I also have lots and lots of podcasts where I've talked about emotion coaching. So look for those podcasts where we, where I talk about emotions and emotion coaching and emo- teaching emotion skills. Also, again, on the website. The great thing about the website is you can find the exact answer you need very quickly. So the class on your developing toddler, your developing preschooler, even for children in elementary school, If they need some work on some of their emotion skills, those classes you're developing preschooler gives a lot of great tips on working on emotion skills. The class on helping your child with anger, lots of tips and tools on working with children to help them learn to metabolize their anger and express it in more appropriate ways. So you're gonna work with them on these skills. You're gonna teach those emotion skills because when children are really struggling with social skills, when they're acting out Many, many times, 99% of the time, the emotion skills underneath are what need work. They're not understanding their emotions. They're not understanding what they are. They don't understand what they're for. They don't understand how to express them in different ways. So, you're going to work on all of that and coach all of that and talk about your own feelings. I'm so upset that I broke my favorite vase that my best friend gave to me today. I was so excited to see my friend at the store I haven't seen in months and we keep trying to talk to each other and we just haven't caught each other and we got to talk together today. That was a really wonderful surprise. You want to talk about all kinds of emotions, positive and the more negative ones and how you handle those. And then you're going to coach your child through those emotions and how to handle those. Okay, now let's circle back to, so let's just say there's a behavior that is only happening at school. It doesn't really pertain to what's happening at home because it's something that has to do with, you know, doing work and actually focusing on their work or paying attention in school or moving from one activity to another or that they happen to be, um, you know, getting distracted when they're walking from the classroom to the lunchroom and they're, you know, kind of walking away from the class line and they're going to climb on the fence or grab the ball. There's some impulse control issues then those are things that are a little more difficult to work on at home. What you want to do is you want to keep an eye on it. You want to keep listening to the school and what's going on. In that case, I would explain to the school that we don't have these same things going on at home. We don't have these same scenarios. It's not really something we can work on at home. Because what happens is there's not a lot you can do at home for misbehaviors that are only happening in the classroom. You could tell a child six or seven or even eight all day night and all morning long before they go to school how to behave. But once they get there, and especially once they've been there for a couple hours, they're just not going to remember. And setting a consequence at home for behaviors in school is just not going to be effective at all because the child is struggling with the skills. So If they don't have the skills, they don't have the skills. And they're not going to think like, oh, I'm not going to get to go out with my mom today to go shopping and pick out, you know, help her pick out stuff at the grocery store if I don't behave at school today. It's just not going to connect. And so they're struggling with the skills. What they need are the skills. So that's when you want to work with the school and you want to talk about, it sounds like we're missing some skills here. We can work at home, but... What really is best is working with the child in that moment. What they need is the skills in that moment. So they need the opportunity to practice. So we can read books at home, we can talk about emotions at home, and those are great and those will help take hold. So those things you can do. But is he gonna go into school the very next day and just be an absolute gem? Probably not. But he also needs some redirection in that moment and he needs some help and reminders to make better decisions in that moment. The other thing that we really want to think about is is the expectation or the environment um, not suitable? Is this something that just isn't the right fit? Is it not working? What can the school do to work through that and work on that to make the environment more suitable if that is what's happening. And that's very common, especially boys. Boys really struggle with this academic environment. So I don't know how academic the school is, but if it's very academic, if there isn't a lot of play-based learning going on, they can really struggle with that. So it may be an environmental issue. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of different areas, a lot of different um, ideas that it could possibly be. But you really wanna work with the school and ask them what they suggest, ask them what they do in that moment, ask them how they're helping him. And then if all of that is, you know, everybody's working hard and everybody's trying to help and, you know, and we're seeing a little improvement, but not a lot, you may want to consider some type of assessment, Um, whether it's for, you know, ADHD, because impulse control issues are are very common. ADHD is especially common in young boys, um, especially if it's the hyperactive type or inattentive could be one or the other or both. And I have an episode on that as well. So you can go back and listen to that if those are the types of issues you're seeing. And then we talked about the behaviors. What are the behaviors exactly related to distraction? So again, if it's an, it's a distraction thing, there's really not much you can do at home for that. You can work on lengthening out um, attention. And you do that by doing having them do small tasks. So like easy puzzles and then moving it out to more difficult puzzles as they become more skilled at it. But some people are just more distractible than others. This may just be a personality thing or it can be related to to a, a diagnosis like ADHD. So If it's a personality thing, like I said, you can stretch that out, you can work on that. Even if it's related to a diagnosis, you can still work on it, but it's not gonna happen overnight. It's going to be a process. And what they really need is in that moment is to be reminded what they're working on and to to move, to go back to that activity. Again, that's an environmental thing. If you have a child who's highly distractible, you have a child who has ADHD and is highly distractible or has impulse control, if the environment is highly academic, if the work isn't interesting, if it's something that either they're really really good at and so it just feels rote, like rote work to them and it's not fun, these are all areas where maybe we may want to start thinking about finding a different environment um, for that child. Same thing with impulse control. Impulse control is something that needs to be reminded in the moment, it's something you can work on. But if that is something related to a diagnosis, you definitely wanna get a particular type of help or therapy for working on impulse control issues. Same with aggression. Aggression is related to emotion skills and a lack of emotion skills. So working on those emotion skills so they can understand their feelings, understand where they're coming from, understand what they're called, and working with them to find better ways to share their feelings when they're upset. And sometimes the aggression is also related to impulse control. So if you have a child with big feelings and also impulse control, they tend to act out aggressively. So these can all interplay off of each other. Aggression is one thing that that schools tend to take very seriously, so they really want to work on those because they want the other kids to be safe and feel safe. So that is something they really need to put in place, that the school should be like, here's how we like to handle it, here's you know the plan that we would like to have and that we would like to work on, and, uh, and those are then some things you can work on at home with the emotion skills. And then, of course, the discipline, like not listening, such as cleaning up when they're asked to do so. And some children who get easily distracted or have impulse control issues need to be redirected back to what the task was that they asked. It's hard for teachers sometimes because if you've got a classroom full of kids, it's really hard to be going back to one child to have them, you know, go back and redirect them constantly but that is what the child needs and so working with the school and saying we're working on this at home but what are we doing in school what kind of extra support can he get in the classroom so that we can make sure that he's successful so keeping in mind that when children misbehave that there is always a reason there's a lack of skill there's something going on in the environment there are certain feelings that they may be dealing with whether they're looking for attention or power they're feeling inadequate those types of things. There are a lot of great classes on my website if you need to dig into some of these things deeper, like I already shared. One of the other classes I highly recommend for any parent is learning styles and intelligence theory, because it explains the different ways that different people learn. So most schools teach in a way that is very verbal and visual, but not usually very hands-on, not very tactile, not very kinesthetic. So if you have a child who is a kinesthetic learner, who is a child who learns by doing, then that is a really great class because it gives great suggestions to help the school teach in different ways or finding a different environment that is going to teach in ways that will teach to all different types and styles of learners. The class is getting kids to listen, power struggles, helping kids with aggression, you're developing preschool or you're developing toddler help uh, lots of tips and tools for helping kids in all areas of development, but especially in the social emotional areas. You can find all those classes, 60 classes for ages, infants to teens on the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a question you would like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening.